Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 62 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Allie Miller here, flying solo, but I do have an amazing guest with me, Kevin Ballister, and we're talking all about how to feed a brain. In 2011, Kevin Ballister sustained a severe traumatic brain injury that left him comatose with less than 10% chance of ever regaining consciousness beyond a vegetative state. He didn't eat, walk, or talk for months while he was in the hospital and was breathing through a ventilator as well as eating through a tube in his belly. And his left hand was completely flexed inward. About a year after his injury, he was introduced to a nutritional protocol that we'll speak about today that helped him to begin to regain some clarity. At this time, he dove into intense study of why nutrition made such a difference, and over the past six years, he has devoted his life to studying metabolism, neurometabolism, mechanisms of neuroplasticity, neuroscience, and nutrition, while reaching out to doctors, researchers, practitioners, and everyone to learn about how he can optimize his brain and maximize his recovery. He has an award-winning blog and podcast, Adventures in Brain Injury, where he interviews all medical specialists about neurorehabilitation and brain function. And he is soon to release a book called How to Feed a Brain, which is truly the culmination of the nutrition tools he's learned through his journey. From being tube-fed and on a ventilator in a hospital to doing backflips and publishing his first book, How to Feed a Brain, Kevin talks about his journey using food as medicine from a leaky gut protocol to a ketogenic cure. Tune in because this episode is sure to inspire and empower you. Kevin, I'm so pumped to have you on the Naturally Nourished podcast. Welcome. Pump up the jam, Allie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. This is awesome. So as I mentioned, we met at KetoCon. We were on a panel discussion talking about cancer and neurological health. And uh, Kevin shared his story. And as I mentioned in the intro, it's quite a miraculous one to say the least. So I just want to jump right into things because my listeners are pretty into geeky science and medical nutrition therapy and functional nutrition. So I, I want to get in a little bit about your recovery process, but I want to spend most of the time talking about food as medicine and how to feed a brain. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before uh, I'm really excited to talk with your audience because I don't, I don't always get to geek out, you know? <laughs> good. And so this will be a lot of fun. So let's get first off um, just a little bit of the background as far as within your recovery. Um, can you just give us a, a brief synopsis of kind of from hospital bed to walking, the timeline, mm -hmm. and some of the differences you've seen in yourself through the recovery process? Yeah, so... So, you know, while, while I was in a coma, I'll just break it down real quick. I know you, you talk about this in the intro, but, you know, six and a half years ago, I sustained a severe traumatic brain injury, was 
was given less than a 10% chance of recovery. And if I woke from a coma, chances were that I would be in a vegetative state. So I'm very lucky. I didn't eat, walk, or talk for months. My left hand was totally flexed inward. I was breathing through a tube in my neck, eating through a tube in my belly. And um, long story short, I, I wake up in a hospital bed, and I'm, uh, I need to relearn everything. And so, so going from hospital bed to like where I am now to relearning how to walk and, um, and relearning how to think and how to live and getting my, my mental abilities back, it was, it was a long road. And at one point, I was steered towards a nutritional protocol for your audience, just a simple leaky gut protocol. And we'll talk about why this had such a profound effect. Because what happened is I suddenly started to regain clarity. And, and I was like, whoa, all right, there is something to nutrition here. So I dove into study to understand why nutrition made such a big difference. So I began studying metabolism, neurometabolism, and mechanisms of neuroplasticity and nutrients for synaptogenesis. And I, I, I went down the rabbit hole, you know. And is that about and like – oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, is that about like six months out? And, you know, so no. how long were you tube fed? So I was tube fed. Well, I was tube fed for for five months. Okay. Well, maybe less. Four or five months. Um, essentially, when I, when I left the hospital, I was, I was still technically hospitalized. And I was I was receiving uh, visiting nurse service um, through the visiting nurse service of New York, and um, but I was no longer in a hospital setting, so my mom was comfortable um, creating real food gastric feeds for me. I was sure. still eating through a tube, but we were we began blenderizing real food, and. Uh, it's interesting that it was at that point that I regained my ability to walk. Okay. I, I had my throat surgery soon after that. I regained my ability to talk. And, like, it's just nutrition made a big difference. Um, but what, what was I uh, going to say? I forget. Well, and from the, so from the blenderized diet, that was at about five, maybe so five months you were tube fed, maybe the first two or three months on a formula in the hospital, and then started real food. And when you, right. when you started the blenderized feeds, was that already in a leaky gut protocol, or did that come later? No, no, not at all. My the first the first meal I requested when I was when I was able to eat orally for the first time was my grandma's spaghetti and meatballs okay. with loads of parmesan. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like like uh, inflammatory foods, you know. It was not on my radar at that point. Okay. And um, it tasted delicious. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was about 10 months uh, post-injury. So after that, basically, after my injury, um, I ended up – 
going to Texas to recover, um, living with my mother, relearning how to walk and, um, and doing therapies and whatnot. And basically she, um, contacted my, well, I mean, my aunt clearly was, was contacted long before, (laughs) but, uh, but she, um, was getting into functional medicine. My aunt was. And she actually, she came to the hospital while I was, while I was hospitalized and was giving me like B12 shots and different nutraceuticals and basically sneaking it in, you know. My mom was like, should we, should we tell them? And she was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she was like, absolutely not. Just, just them this you know so i was getting i was getting some nutrition early on like she was getting into functional medicine and understanding how important nutrient nutrients were to to recovery sure you know from from anything really right and and so uh, after after i was out of the hospital and i got to texas and I, uh, my mom lives right outside of Austin, so that's that's where I was. And um, and my aunt lives in Houston. Okay. And so she asked some colleagues. She was like, you know, my my nephew had a severe traumatic brain injury. If you were in my position, who would you take him to? And and they were like, well, if it was if it was my kid, I know exactly who I'd take him to. But he lives all the way in Austin, and <laughs> that's perfect. So <laughs> he's, his, his name is Dr. Thomas Culleton, absolute hero of mine. Um, and, uh, and Dr. Culleton basically uh, did a blood test on me and noticed that my protein levels were low um, in, in certain amino acids, and I wish I could tell you which amino acids those were. I could go through my notes because I know you have a much higher level audience. <laughs> That's <all right>. um, <laughs> But yeah, he noticed that. And then he, and he was like, and I was like, and I was like, doc, that doesn't really make sense. I eat protein with, I eat meat with every meal. Sure. I have a protein shake every morning. What do you mean my protein levels are low? Should I eat more protein? He's like, no, you're not absorbing the the protein that you're eating you're not absorbing all the nutrients that you're consuming and he began explaining leaky gut to me and uh and i was like all right all right well i'll 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 do whatever i can to recover of course but then at the same time um it's kind of in my nature to just research the hell out of sure and um, nature of a lot of people right to research the hell out of sure their condition and what they're doing in fact i'm researching like my life depends on it because it does right mm-hmm. much like most uh most you know anybody who's been through a serious condition they know it in and out and uh this is something we're going to talk about on the um the interview series that i'm releasing soon we'll get into that in a bit okay but um, but yeah. So he started me on a leaky gut protocol, 
And that's when I began to regain some clarity. That's when the nutrients that I was ingesting were actually getting to where they needed to go. And I'm sure your audience knows all about what happens with leaky gut. Yes. Um, but that, that was the start of it. And so, so I realized that Go ahead. I was just going to say, so within this protocol, did you do a form of elimination inflammatory food testing? Were you taking digestive enzymes? Were you following just kind of a rough script of a paleolithic diet? Uh, give us a little bit of how it was interpreted for you or, or the application. Well, interestingly, he, he never said the word paleo. Okay. Um, and I... Uh, I... I I was researching leaky gut, and I was like, and true, was someone who's like basically autoimmune paleo um, style, removing all these inflammatories, and at the same time introducing gut healing um, supplements and powders like L-glutamine mm -hmm. and uh, Apex Gut Repair. I believe it's Apex mm -hmm. Gut Repair, mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah couple other uh um supplements and whatnot okay um and and yeah just just your your leaky gut style but, but is uh a colleague of dr dati Skrazian who um who we will also be interviewing in fact i'm interviewing him today awesome um, uh, for this pre-recorded deal, yeah. So, so, um, so a lot of the same protocols as Dr. K would use. Okay, excellent. And and then, when did you shift things, or you got to a certain point where you felt your progress plateaued, or when did you have to bring in other functional elements of neurology, and how did things kind of layer mm. for you from leaky gut protocol? It, it was a progression, right? I, I was like, all right, let me learn more about this leaky gut stuff. Oh, paleo? Okay. Let me learn more about paleo. And then I was like, oh, paleo effects, the largest uh, paleo convention in the world, is right here in Austin. Well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> so then I reached out to Michelle and Keith Norris, the, the founders of paleo effects and told them a bit about my story. And it was like, I don't have any money, but I would love to attend. Um, perhaps I could volunteer. And they're like, yes, absolutely, come volunteer. So I've been volunteering for Paleo Facts since 2013, actually. Awesome. And that, that kind of immersed me in this world of, of food as medicine. And, um, and I, I mean, I was talking to Keith about this, uh, about how the paleo effects is not like a diet convention. It's a freaking medical conference. Sure. I swear I've met so many, so many, like some of the most brilliant, uh, and, and accomplished individuals in the world. Um, I've met there. It's been fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, getting into that and then seeing how I got the nutrients. Now I'm getting the nutrients to my brain. Now, what should those nutrients be? 
So the uh, the analogy I use is is that I say this: many connections in my brain have been severed, and I think of rebuilding those connections like building a bridge. Mm-hmm. What do you need to build a bridge? You need supplies. You need skilled workers. So the supplies would be the brain building nutrition, and of course you need to get the supplies to the the building site as well. So that would be fixing your leaky gut, like making sure the roads are good to transport the supplies. Sure. All right. So so now the roads are good. Now we're getting the supplies there. But if I'm not eating the best of the best that I can supply, um, then it's it, I'm I'm building with crappy materials. You right. know, so I that's where I really dove into study about this. And um, I, 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 um, one of the practitioners who I reached into, reached out to, um, the most notable is Dr. Alex Vasquez. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, best dear, you know. <laughs> you know how we course. do represent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for your audience, Dr. Uh, Vasquez. As a doctor of osteopathic medicine, a doctor of naturopathic medicine, and a doctor of chiropractic medicine. He's on the board of the Institute of Functional Medicine. He's read over 120 articles in peer-reviewed journals, and he's written like 20 textbooks, ranging from chronic inflammation to, uh, to hypertension. Um, and anyway, so I reached out to this guy, because he's also, as you said, he's an adjunct professor at Bastyr, uh, or he was at the time, and he made online uh, resources available for his students, like like uh, videos for his students, right? But he checked the little box that said public <laughs> on there so that I could watch him. He did it all just for me. No, it, it wasn't just for me. <laughs> and so I, I found him. And... It's possible. And so I, I reached out to him to thank him for, for doing so because what I learned from him was was such powerful information about how I could feed the cells of my brain and how I could um, make sure that those are transported and yada, yada. And I reached out to him to thank him and I found him on Facebook and he said and I introduced myself told him a little bit about my story he was like wow Kevin we have uh, the International Conference on Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine coming up pretty soon and we have an entire day dedicated to the brain and I would love if you came and this is for medical practitioners and medical students only and, you know, I'm neither. Um, but this guy with three freaking doctorates, and like, he just invited me. So I hopped on a plane for the first time since my injury. And what year is this? Which was interesting with like, this was in, this was in 2013. Okay, same year. Okay. I think late 2013. Yeah. And, um, and I hop on a plane for the first time, and that was pretty challenging for my vestibular system. Yeah. After you take a pretty good hit to the head, you're 
at least oftentimes the vestibular system gets a little screwy. So, um, but I hop on a plane, I go there, and while I was at that conference, I'm, uh, it was actually on the brain day. Dr. Vasquez says, hey, I'm grabbing a cup of coffee. You want to come? And I look at him and I'm like, of course I want to come. And so we're grabbing coffee and he says, all right, so tell me, what was the number one most effective therapy you did for your brain after your injury? And I said, honestly, Alex, healing my gut was what made all the other therapies effective. And, uh, and I, I didn't quite finish my analogy with the, with the bridge, but, you know, you need supplies, you need skilled workers. And I, I began telling him that. And the skilled workers would be the therapy, targeted therapy, the right kind of therapy, the skilled workers, you know. Um, and I, I began talking about the gut-brain axis with him, stuff that he probably taught me. And he was like, you know, we need you on stage. How do you feel about being on stage in, I don't know, about 20 minutes? <laughs> and so the next thing I knew, I was up there speaking to a room full of hundreds of medical practitioners and students uh, about how to feed a brain, you know? That's incredible. And, um, and that was the beginning of it. That's when I looked over and, ever, you know, and saw this whole crowd and I was like, you know, I can I can influence change. This is my purpose. And, that, and my my path began to crystallize exactly. Awesome, awesome manifestation. And and so, tell me as far as I I love the bridge analogy, and I love the connection back to the gut. And a lot of my listeners, I'm sure that is a strong resonation. And we talk a lot about different mechanisms of healing leaky gut and the mm -hmm. gut blood barrier. Uh, but let's talk about some of the materials, if you will. Um, what are it for listeners that are talk, thinking about, and we'll talk about foods in a moment, but, but maybe nutrients first. Um, if we're mm -hmm. talking about the materials, what would be two or three kind of superstar nutrients that, that you think are really essential for neurological function and, and brain recovery? Well, I believe I asked you this uh, during the interview series, and you had an answer and that I would totally share, which is calling. Mm -hmm. um, I am a huge fan of calling, um, uh, specifically uh, CDP calling or steady calling. Um, seems to be really, really bioavailable. Um, so choline would be one of those. The okay. other nutrient I would say is DHA. Okay. And that's that's really powerful. Um, I I don't even need to tell you how good that stuff is, but for for synaptogenesis, um, it is just it's it's fantastic, especially with choline. And then add in this one, uh, which isn't, it isn't essential or anything, um, but it's, it, it's the efficacy of choline plus DHA is enhanced so much when you add in uridine. Okay. Uh, specifically uridine monophosphate. 
And so those are my favorite. Go ahead. I was going to say, tell tell my listeners a little bit about uridine because I know we, and I don't think anyone, Kevin, has said synaptogenesis yet. So <laughs> high five for bringing a, a, new, po- a, a new polysyllabic I'm, term. I'm the first one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so nerd out level level one. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit. So, so yeah, you know, choline we've spoke to as far as being really potent in egg yolks and kind of a cousin to the B vitamin mm-hmm. family, playing a role with myelination. So helps to coat um, the uh, sheath that protects our our, ner- our nerves and neurons and uh, plays a big role with signal transduction and DHA being a part of the omega-3 fatty acids, specifically higher focused on uh, cognition and brain function and synaptogenesis. Um, but let's, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about um, uridine. I actually didn't know of that nutrient until Dr. Terry Walls um, started speaking of it. And I haven't, mm. I haven't interviewed her yet, so um, let's give my listeners a little bit of two cents on that. Well, uridine, it's, uh, it's a uh, nucleotide found in RNA, and um, there, there's, a, there's a study that shows how choline and DHA have great benefits in promoting synaptogenesis, but when you throw in... UMP or uridine monophosphate, the uh, which is the most effective form of uridine, those results are greatly enhanced. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's it's nucleotide found in RNA, and I believe our body. I mean, yeah, our body can make it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but having having way more of it available just just ups ups the uh, the ability of the of the brain and, and the nervous system to build, to build, uh, new connections. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's found in, in beets and broccoli and mushrooms and organ meats, Mm -hmm. um, and, and mother's milk. And actually it's, uh, what is his name? Richard J. Wortman. Um, this is where a lot of the research that I found about, about uridine and choline and DHA being the being these three magic bullets for synaptogenesis came in um, was the work of of Richard Wortman, who uh, who is a professor at uh, at um, gosh my my brain isn't working really perfectly maybe I need more uridine. more UMP. <laughs> <laughs> there you go but i i do know it can play a big more. role so, like you where? said also with uh cell membrane mit support. that's where it was oh at mit okay okay yeah and it's, yeah it, it is it's deemed as kind of a choline enhancer it can play a big role with also membrane support so that can help to protect healthy cells uh, and has there's been a lot of studies on reduction of pain and uh, it being used as an adjuvant with mental health and stability. So pretty pretty cool stuff on the horizon. I think a really new kind of sexy nutrient, if you will. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Sexy nutrients. Yeah. <laughs> so I like it. And so, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I've been I've been learning a lot of, about like nootropics also came into. Um, came into my sphere okay. um, and 
And some, a lot of them don't like, I, I'm not a proponent of, um, because they essentially like speed up or like, yes. um, encourage reactions to happen that aren't necessarily supposed to happen or that you don't have the materials to, to have those upregulated. You know, it's like, it's like they squeeze your, your adrenals or something like that, you know? And this just a general example, like a nootropic a, a that basically just like pumps out adrenaline after a while. Done. There's no more there. It's still squeezing. <laughs> Nothing in there. You're trying to get blood from a stone. That doesn't work. And so you're not feeling super great about that. It's just straight drugs, right? Right. But the thing about these nutrients is they're nutrients, you know? These are the supplies in order to uh, to do these things, to um, create neurotransmitters and the connections in your brain. And, you know, just from personal experience, like, these make so much sense and they feel good, right? right. Like long term. And that's super important to me. So you mentioned, not, not in a direct effect, but I guess as a comparison the idea of you know overstimulation driving depletion if you will and i know that mm -hmm. in in your book you talk a lot about the sustainability factor um kind of enjoying our lives and, and finding a sustainable approach to everything and and so it's not always that more is more or more is better <laughs> there there's a little bit of an mm -hmm. influence that we can overwork uh one mechanism and that can drive depletion um, can you connect a little bit for listeners the the connection of influence of stress on the brain and the body? Mm. Mm. I'm I'm glad you said that and brought that up. I'm I, I was speaking with with Nora about about that idea of like enjoy your life, do sustainably, and she kind of got me to change my tune on that a little bit. Okay. It's so like sustainable. I don't just want to be sustained. I want. I want optimal. Uh -huh. You know. So so enjoy your life and do so optimally. I okay. like that better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But yeah, stress. Stress. Like, what? What are we talking about as far as stress go? Like. Well, Mental stress. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm imagining. Or like physical. I mean, I'm imagining you <laughs> in like a room in the mid in the middle of your recovery, like you know, on a computer screen, just cramming in as much as you can learn, ah, mm. kind of racing through research studies, and there there has to be a limiting agent within your brain and also your physiological response in the body that says enough, you know, what's your check and balance. And, mm -hmm. and when we're talking about recovery, what's the threshold and, and how do we know when we're over pushing our boundaries? Mm. Yeah. There, you know, I've, I've, I kind you, of, you just did something. I'm still learning this the hard way. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say you just did something where your audio sounds beautiful. So don't move. Cause it was a little fuzzy mm. a little bit ago. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. Okay. All right. So I, uh, the question Rate limiting. Like, like, was, yeah, yes. Threshold. Okay. So, 
So yeah, I I am still learning this the hard way uh, because I definitely push myself too hard at times, um, and it's it's kind of uh, our culture. And also, when you get excited about something, sure. At least for me, I'm excited about something. I'll stay up crazy late working on things and uh, and and pass what 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 is called metabolic threshold. Which is where where your you know for your brain when you reach metabolic threshold, it's no longer therapeutic and you um, stress which is positive stress stress that that we um, get stronger and we adapt to that becomes distress which is damaging and so you ask how do we know when that threshold has been uh yeah. when has been crossed oh you'll know <laughs> um i guess i guess it takes a little bit to, to figure that out actually like you'll know but you won't know you you'll know and you'll tell yourself no i'm, I'm good it's fine and we as humans always make up excuses for for whatever it is we want to make <laughs> we want We'll make up excuses for why it's it's okay, right? So, um, so it takes it takes some recognition of that there is this point where working hard becomes damaging, mm-hmm. and that's not what we want. And I'm definitely guilty of that. You said you imagine me on a computer recovering from a brain injury, doing my <laughs> therapy, like. Like, and then um, going home and just working. And then on top of that, I was writing a blog because uh, on the year anniversary after my injury, I began, I I started regaining clarity, right? And I was like, and uh, so then I was, I was like, whoa, I've been in the fog for the past year. What the hell happened? Sure. So I'm, so I'm going through medical records text messages, emails, whatever I, you know, whatever I could get my hands on to kind of piece together what was going on. And that's pretty rare for, uh, for a patient to do to, well, I'm sorry, for a brain injury survivor to do, to go through the medical records and really explore what had happened. And um, I will say that it was, definitely the most cathartic experience sure it was so powerful for me to do that um and really understand what had happened for me what's going on with the medical system and what we can do to influence some sort of change um and improve lives i'm sorry i totally went down a rabbit hole away okay. from your question. That's what was okay. your question again? <laughs> no, no, no. You, I mean, you address metabolic <laughs> threshold and, and you stress and, right. uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, your transition out, I think that that's, that's an important piece of the puzzle. And had, had you connected adrenal support with that? Because I would imagine that when you're hitting that metabolic threshold per se, that there's autonomic nervous system response. You know, as far as things like racing thoughts or heart palpitations or clenching in the jaw, right? Some of these kind of physiological responses of stress. And I would assume there's even more heightened uh, disconnect or imbalance following a traumatic brain injury. Mm. Um, what types of things 
did you experience or how do you get yourself out of the muck? So although passion and flame can be a positive thing and that can kind of drive mm-hmm. you to a late night, do you do anything for specific adrenal recovery? Do you find that your body, how do you help your body rebound and, and your brain rebound after a, a heightened time of stress or, you know, flying or doing a medical conference and things like that? How do you preemptively and post um, support your body and brain? Well, I am a huge fan of uh, of food okay. above supplements, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one of the one of the greatest superfoods is organ meats, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've you've talked with um, with your audience and and uh, and glandulars as well. Uh-huh. Um, with that, right? So, and, and this is what's what's cool about supplements is I I'm. It doesn't feel super appetizing to me to eat the thymus gland sure. of, of an animal. Unless it's done really well. And I'm not kind of done really well, and it's great. But, I mean, um, so so desiccated organ meat capsules are fantastic. Sure. And, uh, and I found a beautiful company called Ancestral Supplements. Uh-huh. Who um who who does these these grass fed desiccated organ meat capsules because they they have desiccated liver um that I've that I've come into contact with but I'm like if we're gonna eat nose to tail right there are plenty of other organs besides liver that we should probably oh, sure. uh, bring in so I really love what 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 they do um and in fact. Uh, they set up a coupon code for us uh, for feed a brain and you get, I forget how many percent off, but uh, get a certain percentage off. Okay. And what, what they do is just fantastic going, getting grass fed, high quality organ meats. They even have uh, brain in there as well. And, um, and they they desiccate it, meaning remove all the moisture and throw it in the capsules. So that's my biggest uh, adrenal recovery mm-hmm. is is organ meat. Yeah, okay. my, my my biggest tool is is food, and because I'm not always eating nose to tail. Yeah, yeah. I'm always supplementing nose to tail. Okay. You know? And I love that. And I, we've talked about that to listeners. How you know when you watch mimicking nature that in the wild when an animal kills another animal they go to vital organs first right and they leave the meat they Mm -hmm. leave the musculature for the vultures or whoever else is next in the the cycle in that area or environment and that's where we often get such imbalance in the american diet especially when we eat only lean meats and we miss out on the glycine and we get an imbalance Mm -hmm. of our amino acids but we also miss out on those vital compounds that the glandulars and organs provide. And another thing, this kind of takes me to another question, Kevin, is in nature, another thing animals do when they're feeling down is they kind of tend to sink away into, <laughs> at least in my mind, <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch that much of nature channel, but, you know, they kind of go off and might skip a day of eating if they're feeling under the weather, allowing mm-hmm. their body system to, to rest. Let's talk a little bit about how that works on the mode of fasting and, and have you used that as all as a tool in recovery, intermittent fasting or, um, fat supported fasting and, um, what's your take on that? 
Absolutely. I mean, we met at KetoCon, so definitely am uh, am into the fat-supported fasting. Um, but basically, I don't plan a fast day or anything. It's like when I when I'm like, you know what? I don't really need to eat right now. Let's see. When was my last meal? I was here. All right. Let's see. Let's see how I feel in a couple hours. And if I don't feel like eating, I'm not gonna eat. You know. And um, that's that's my own personal approach to that. Is like is like I'll fast when I when I feel like fasting. You know. If I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat. And um, and what that does for for brain metabolism is throws it into a state of ketosis um which is much much better fuel for the brain uh bottom line it's cleaner it it burns brighter and there's less exhaust um meaning that that. that. (laughs) yeah i i just made it up right there (laughs) boom boom there it is because like what and i i said this in my presentation i'm like you you get more atp less free radicals more nutrients less toxins like that's the bottom line and i was actually talking with dr walls about this on the interview series and i'm like you know it's pretty simplistic terms but it's kind of that simple you Mm -hmm. know if we can remove the amount of stressors on our body and increase the amount of nutrients we're doing all right yeah and uh, again let me let me let me kind of correct myself a little bit on that so stressors there is you stress so stressors might not be the word um uh i don't know toxins i guess mm-hmm. would be the word mm-hmm. yeah okay and and so fasting as a way to convert someone into ketosis but also people that are doing a ketogenic high fat low carb diet are going to get those same benefits of using that that brain fuel that that high octane if you will delivery. exactly exactly cool. cool yeah uh interesting tidbit um in ancient greece they when somebody was having a seizure they there was like a belief that there was a a demon that had come um, that had come to them, and they would lock them in a dark room with no food or water. And then after a while, the demon would leave, and they wouldn't be convulsing or anything anymore. And they were like, oh, the demon left, right? But what we now know is they just they <laughs> didn't have food and water, and their metabolism changed over. Right. And it's really interesting how, how a different metabolism um, stops seizures. Yeah. And Absolutely. I I love that that's the case, and it really it really saddens me that it's not a uh, a mainstream approach to to epilepsy treatment and yeah. things of that sort, or neurological treatment in general. Or how mainstream medicine states that oh well that that is a possibility, but it's it's too difficult to implement. <laughs> just, I know, it's right? It's just not realistic. <laughs> Uh, all the time, all the time. <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's so unrealistic. So, so let's talk about a couple. So you've talked about glandulars and organs, and we talked about how you used leaky gut and then a couple different new, kind of superstar nutrients of focus. Uh, let's 
talk a little bit about some lifestyle elements before I wrap it up with food. And then we'll talk a little bit about your book and what's coming with your webinar series too. So a couple things to cram in. But I, I know when we opened our conversation today, so Kevin and I have, uh, like I said, we met at KetoCon. We went out to lunch at Picnic and... Um, I did a uh, guest spot on his webinar series that he'll share with you guys in a moment. So we're getting to know each other. Um, And he showed me when we started our conversation today that he has an infrared sauna in his bedroom or living room Mm. or somewhere. In my living room. (laughs) It's the centerpiece. Yeah, let's talk about some lifestyle elements that can accelerate brain, uh, either neuroplasticity or uh, brain recovery, uh, maybe two or three tips for listeners of things to consider, either things to remove or add to their lifestyle, non-food nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, bringing it back to less toxins, more nutrients. Um, what, what, I mean, as you all know, we live in a toxic environment. Um, compared to our ancestral environment, you know, um, we're exposed to a lot of stressors that we weren't before. And um, when it comes to detoxifying, that was certainly part of of my recovery was was moving the toxins out, reducing the exposure to toxins, and then at the same time um, bringing in the nutrients that we wanted. So, uh, again, that's simple. And our largest detoxifying organ is our skin. Right. So that, that was the beginning of it. I ended up uh, building a, a near-infrared sauna. I was relearning how to, how to walk, but my mom was very supportive, and we went uh, to Home Depot, got specs and before going, and like built a near-infrared sauna. Um, and, and I, I created an enclosure in the, in the shower and I had, uh, I had a sauna at that point and I would, I would sit in the sauna every single day, um, to sweat out some of the toxins awesome. that I was, I was, uh, that I, I had. And, uh, and additionally, what near infrared sauna therapy does is we are upregulating, uh, um, human growth hormone, and we are upregulating BDNF, which uh, which is often called miracle grow for the brain. Yeah. BDNF, yeah. brain derived neurotrophic factor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can sit in the sauna, <laughs> and I can I I I get more neurons growing, and I get toxins out all at the same time. All right. And and plus on top of it, you get endorphin release. It's almost like it's almost like you're exercising, but you're not even doing anything. So and, are, you, uh, are you listening to any tunes in your sauna time, or what are you? Doing? <laughs> I was I was listening to podcasts. Okay. okay. Like uh, religiously, I mean, like again, uh, uh, what I was studying, like my life depended on it. Sure. And then what I'm doing now is creating the resources that I wish I had, you know, or more of the resources that I did have and spreading them to so that more people get this information, you know. Um, So, yeah, yeah, actually, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned your blog and you have a podcast. Let's talk to listeners about some of the resources that you've developed and what's on the forefront. Great. Yeah. Well, real quick, I want to circle back to, uh, to the saunas. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I've written an article on saunas on my blog, um, feedabrain.com forward slash sauna. And there's also a discount to the sauna that I have, including the, uh, the sauna that I created um, in, in a shower enclosure. So if you don't have room for, for a sauna, you can get this shower enclosure um, that, that I helped, uh, design. I mean, he basically stole my idea, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally cool. I'm, I'm so glad it's getting out there. No, it's there um, for people. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Some of the resources I've, I've created. So I created the blog telling my story and, um, the thing is, I mean, there, there are a, a lot of brain injury blogs out there. But I, I didn't feel the, uh, the hope and the, um, the information was, uh, being shared like I would like it to. So I, I began a blog um, early on, and really, I, I'm, I'm lying. I did that for me. That was all for me because that was cathartic, extremely cathartic, and was so powerful for me. But having it up there is so important, and uh, I get I get people writing to me and thanking me for for providing that resource. Um, however, it's difficult to read. Um, it was difficult for me to read after my injury. Uh, your vision is so closely tied with the brain in fact we have we have 12 cranial nerves four of those cranial nerves are dedicated to the visual system which means that one-third of our cranial nerves do nothing but affect those two little peepers right there yeah so so your eyes are the window to the brain it's it's pretty amazing what we can learn from our eyes and when you when uh, with brain injury uh visual visual problems are very 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 common so so it's difficult to read so podcasts were huge for me hence why i was sitting in the sauna <laughs> with my headphones on listening to podcasts sure, sure, right? sure. so i created a podcast called the adventures in brain injury podcast um and adventures in brain injury because I'm I'm in this place and I'm like I'm like this sucks. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? I'm on this ride either way. I can go on it kicking and screaming, or I can change my perspective and look at it like an adventure. Sure. And adventure sucks sometimes, but you know what? It's an adventure. Right. <laughs> try try to enjoy the ride, right? Yeah. So so that's where Adventures in Brain Injury was born. And what uh, I love my podcast because it's not just brain injury geared. I mean, yeah, I'm a brain injury survivor. But, um, but the bottom line is I get to interview the smartest 
most amazing and inspiring people that I've ever even heard of um, on this podcast and then share it with the world. So, uh, so yeah, I, yeah. y'all are podcast listeners. So check it out. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for sure. And then now what I'm doing is I'm releasing the, uh, how to feed a brain because I was actually talking to Dr. Vasquez, um, uh, at one point and I was like, Hey, Dr. V, I'm looking for a really solid resource on what to eat for for brain metabolism. Can you point me in the right direction or point me to some studies? And he, he basically was like, yeah, there's not really a really good resource for that. And I, I, I remember writing to him. I said, well, you should create one. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, after I do 100 other things. Right, right, right. And I didn't even realize this until recently, but I was like, well, fine, then I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here I am um, publishing How to Feed a Brain, Nutrition for Optimal Brain Function and Repair. Awesome. And it's, it, so again, it's a resource that I really wanted to have, and um, it, it, it's an honor to provide it. That's incredible, and that should come out sometime in 2018, right? No, yep. Uh, We just uh, did the interview series where the book was was launched, Um, and and yeah, you you can get it on Amazon. Go over to feedabrain.com, and uh, and they'll see you there, or just search on Amazon. Very cool. And then also today, you've referenced a couple times the webinar series. And I know today is the first day that the pricing structure shifts of that. This is one week into your release of that. Uh, Maybe touch on a couple of the highlights of some of the guest interviews and what's all available there. And I'll I'll put show notes too, links for everyone. Yeah, well, this this is really exciting because... uh... Because I mean, I get to I'm I'm interviewing again just just the smartest people I've ever even heard of, um, extremely brilliant practitioners and doctors and scientists. I mean, I I have Dr. David Perlmutter, I have Dr. Dati Skrazin, Dr. Terry Walls, um, Ali Miller hey. is also on the part. Hey, <laughs> thought I. I thought your audience would know who that is <laughs> um yeah so and um as well as norga goddess and um and uh jessica flanagan dr daniel engel so a lot of superstars I'm, yeah i'm missing some people and i apologize to them uh keith norris from paleo effects we're going to be talking a lot about a revolution um in medicine cool um, and, and a patient led revolution. Um, same with Dr. Jula Polly, who's a gastroenterologist in, uh, Houston, Texas, um, who I met through Andre Nakayama's holistic nutrition lab. And I'll also be interviewing Andre Nakayama as well. Awesome. Yeah. So this, yeah, this, this is it's really amazing because it's six and a half years of, uh, of, 
of in in the works with the book and the connections I've made with practitioners and the information that I've uh, taken and broken down to communicate it as effectively as possible to to everyone. And um, this whole interview series, it's just it's really beautiful that I'm able to do this. And the price is going up today. But for your audience, we're going to uh, give a coupon code that will bring it back down. Okay, awesome. So, so that yeah, – what was the coupon code we decided Allie on? Allie Miller. Allie Miller. Mm-hmm. Yes. So type that in and it will take you back to the, uh, the original price. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited to watch it myself. And uh, that's all we have time for today. So I want to give you one opportunity, um, Kevin, to share anything that I haven't asked you. And then my last question for you that I ask all of my guests is for a, as a dietitian, a 24-hour recall. So what did you eat yesterday from when you woke up <laughs> to when you went to bed? <laughs> but before that, if there's anything you want to share, and then we'll close with your, your yesterday intake. <laughs> Well, I'm sitting here, I'm like, that's going to be tricky. I don't quite remember. Um, yeah, all right, all right. So uh, you, you can find me on social media, Feed of Brains, so Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all that. You go to, uh, it's at Feed of Brain. And, um, and what did I eat yesterday? <laughs> It How was, did I start it was my Sunday, day? if that helps. It was Sunday. <laughs> it was Sunday. I think I uh, I fasted for most of the... Oh, no. My breakfast started with, uh, with um, some pasture-raised pork sausage from my farmer's market um, on a bed of arugula and beet greens with sliced beets and sliced watermelon radishes and some green peppers. And then, um, yeah, so this big bowl with with greens on the bottom, um, all these different sliced vegetables in there, and then uh, some high-quality um, pasture-raised meat and a bunch of olive oil. Okay. That's how I started my day. And then I don't think I ate until until that night where I had another big salad and it was it was a vegetarian salad actually or a vegan salad. Okay. Similar to the other one, but without the meat. Without the meat. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Feed that microbiome, you know, get right. your prebiotics at night. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I will be sure to share information on your book as it comes out, as well as links to your podcast and the webinar series. And um, keep rocking on, rocking on and um, sharing with people the good word, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Ali. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. 
connect with Allie and Becky at Allie Miller RD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.